You are listening to the Enormo Cast. Hey folks, I know that most climbers go into the mountains to get away from the scary realities of modern life. And complicated real-world things like run-ins with the law can frighten and confuse you and cause you to leap from your sprinter and run into the night while being chased by a Utah statey named Rulon and his bloodthirsty, drug-sniffing German shepherd. But don't despair. Just like you got over your fear of the internet tubes and managed to download this podcast, there's a cure for your fear of the legal system. Dan Markoff is a climber, a normal cast listener, partner at Atkins and Markoff, and he has set up an email hotline to field any of your questions about the law. Dan knows you'd rather be avoiding reality in the mountains rather than facing it in the courtroom. So why don't you let him help you out? Email climbing lawyer at gmail.com with any questions you might have. Once again, that's climbinglawyer at gmail.com. All right. Thanks for your time. Let's get to it. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big place. That's, out. Out. That's a big nice. place. You sold oh, it out. I'll see. You really should. The hell are you doing? I couldn't sleep. I'm checking the ropes. There was a freight end on your rope, and I'm cutting it out. Good weather, bad weather. Now or later, anytime. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment, with support from Maxim Ropes. And don't forget our friends at Defiant Bean Roasters. Defiantbean.com. Enter normal at checkout for a discount on great coffee. And now back to the show. So what's our segue from yeah, this conversation? This Dude, is we're just, recorded, isn't it? Yeah, we're oh, just going to go in... Um, <laughs> Because I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna do the intro within the uh, later on. No, no, I'm not gonna do one of no. those. Oh, people, nice. I don't. I I don't know if people are listening to the intros yeah. anymore. Yeah, I think so. they're pretty ready for the content that follows. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, welcome to episode 46. I'm gonna put this out next. So we're in episode 46. Can you believe that? Well, do you guys even remember what episode you did before? Uh. Uh-uh. I'm going to guess you it do. was in the 20s, but no, it's just a guess. No, it was teens. Whoa. I don't remember either, but it was like 15 or 16. Wow. Um, and, well, dude, uh, here's to you for putting out that many episodes. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Clink, I've hit, clink, clink. I've hit two a month from the beginning. I've never Impressive. blown it. Impressive. That's amazing. I can't even return just regular old emails. On a monthly basis. Well, I don't do that. <laughs> like I said, people will notice. You are the champion of executive functioning. Uh, thank you very much. But on uh, my friends Michael Logan and Jen Bisharat, formerly Venon, actually on the last episode her name was Jen Venon, but it's changed officially, right? You're yeah, done it's with Venon. Well, it's my middle name. No. Oh. Scooched it over one. So you have four <laughs> names now? No, I got rid of the middle one. I didn't particularly <laughs> care for it. <laughs> Just moved it on in. Did you really like somehow officially do that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, my well, name's then. Jennifer Venon Bisharat. Nice. That's, it rolls off the tongue. It works. Except for everyone kills me Venon, and I, that's how I answer the phone at school, so. Right. It, I can't get well, it straight. Well, it was just recently. Anyway, since uh, <clears throat> since the episode, it was a partner's episode that you guys were on, um, Jen married Andrew Bisharat and is now Jen Bisharat, so. Yep. And uh, I was going to start by asking you guys uh, what you've been climbing on, and uh, but we got a bunch of that. Well, actually, th- it was kind of interesting. I don't know how much of that I'll leave in the beginning, so... Um, <laughs> And I actually, it's curious because this is going to be a listener mail episode, um, but it's not. It's also like listener issue episode um, because there's kind of a theme. I get a lot of requests about certain topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure they're topics worthy of an entire show, but we'll find that out because maybe if we start talking about them, we'll realize that maybe we could have kept going. Are we going to be couch psychiatrists? A little bit, yeah. All right, awesome. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit of that. Uh, I will do some emails and also some of these issues, and so um, this might cover a, a broader spectrum than just doing emails. But uh, one of the questions I actually get a lot about um, is from climbers because I think a lot of fans of the show are 
you know, one of the reasons they're listening to climbing podcasts is because they're not, they don't have like all the time in the world to go climbing. And mm-hmm. this is like one of their bridges. You know, I get a lot of people that are like, yeah, it's awesome. I get to listen to this at work and it keeps me stoked. So I got a lot of cubicle people out there. You don't have a lot of people climbing their red point with you in their ear, like on their iPod? Oh, man. I don't think so. That's <laughs> Might. A, it seems like that we should would be really, really check distracting. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> I Time! <laughs> I challenge someone to listen to this episode next, right? while next. they send their project. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, although, actually, you know what? There was a, a video that turned up recently that's got a shot of okay. him rolling up the the Enormacast. I saw that. Did you? Yeah. Do you remember who it is? Um, he's a guy who climbs very strong. Cause in he was, uh, in, in uh, Charleston. He was climbing in Charleston and he yeah. lives in California. Yeah. yeah. No, a couple of listeners said, yeah. check it out. And, and Chris yeah. Parker sent it to me too. So he was kind of, it looked like he was getting psyched up. Yeah, getting stoked. Yeah. I don't know if he actually <laughs> listened to it on the Red Point. But anyway, what I was getting to is that one of the questions that people ask me is about lifestyle and particularly like how you climb and have like a real life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so we could actually kind of start with that along with this question of like what you've been climbing. Yeah. Because Michael Logan here has two kids. How old are they? Six and eight. Six and eight. So it's like, I mean, that's time consuming. And it's also the, this is the prime time to be a parent. Like this is when your kids are the most fun, I would argue. So oh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you don't want to necessarily spend time away from them. Mm-hmm. And. Um, you're also a teacher, which is terribly time consuming. We just spent an hour talking about that actually. <laughs> yeah. So, so is Jen. So, I mean, we could start with that little topic cause I hear that a lot. Like how do you mm-hmm. end up like mixing it all up? Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say one thing before you answer that is that your, uh, wife, mm-hmm. Sasha is always like telling me like, you got to take Michael climbing. You got to take Michael climbing. You know, so uh-huh. she understands that it's kind of this part of you that needs uh-huh. to be sort of fulfilled. Exercise. And I think you <laughs> are always looking for this balance of uh-huh. like, do I want to be away from my family? But uh-huh. at the same time, if I don't go climbing, at least from her perspective, you, you know, yeah. you, you turn into kind of a grump. So, yeah. Well, I, can, can I jump in? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're talking to you so right now. I, I think that, that, that it's a really good question because I think climbing is a harder pursuit to, to do at, a high level or or at you know to to take really seriously um while while having other things in your life because mm-hmm. unlike other habits or not habits uh hobbies right. that I can think of um it seems to take large chunks of time um so i mean i think it's pretty obvious that for me like being able to climb inside once a week is the way I can do it. Right. Um, and we were just talking about how climbing inside is pretty different animal. And, and especially for you, Chris, it's like you, you've climbed outside a lot. And so you know kind of what it really tastes like to, to, to be outside and experiencing mm-hmm. the real deal. And it's really different to be inside. But it is my salvation as a climber. It's how I am able to still sort of endure as a climber. It seems to like sport climbing – you know, fits more into kind of a, a normal person's life than than let's say we we all always had to go out and and do some like multi pitch route with gear like whenever yeah. we wanted to go climbing. Yeah, that's you know? yeah, and I, hike and hike. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just just thinking no, about like the family scene that I see at like places uh-huh. like Rifle, like you yeah. you can and you can you know the the gym climbing translates to sport climbing a little bit better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You don't see kid families with their little porta cribs like at the needles, right? <laughs> <laughs> at the base of the diamond. We're just gonna here's play with these toys. Mom and Dad will be back in like six exactly. hours if it doesn't lightning storm. <laughs> if it lightning storms, ye- go. You know. We yell rock, move towards the edge of the crib, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's the kind of where I'm getting at. I don't know, ma- yeah. maybe not, but but uh, it, it, it's a thought. <laughs> but I, I think it's a hard sport to do right. like when you have a lot of other things in your life. And actually, th- there, there are certain climbers who I've always been really inspired by who sh- have shown me that, that it's possible. Like one of my heroes has always been Chip Chase, who like is, is an incredible Eastern medicine practitioner and, and, and uh, acupuncturist. And, mm-hmm. and he goes all over the world speaking about his, his job, but he also climbs at a really high level. And he doesn't have children, but... I just I really respect people who are able to find that balance between lots of different 
components in their life. Now, Jen, I was going to ask you about what you've been climbing, but we were just talking about how you kind of took the year off. Yeah, it didn't quite happen for me this year. <laughs> well, usually I think I climb a lot in the summer, uh-huh. and I get like pretty fit, and we're climbing, you know, four days a week or so, and then the fall hits, and I have to go back to work. Um, but taking five days rest is probably exactly what my body needs, mm-hmm. and then I climb really great on the weekends. Um, but mm-hmm. this summer, you know, we were planning the wedding. I got a little bit carried away with that. And it just never kind of happened. And then fall came around and I wasn't ready to do anything. I didn't have any projects ready to go and I just didn't, I wasn't so psyched. So I didn't really ever kind of start this year. I'm hoping it works out in the long run. Yeah. We'll have to see. (laughs) What do you mean by that? Well, I feel like I always take the winter off. Right. And I always come back stronger than I was before. Uh Uh-huh. So maybe this is just a really long winter. <laughs> <laughs> the long winter of your discontent. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, you did have a wedding to plan, and it was a fantastic wedding, by the way. Yes. Thanks. I had a great time. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> That's always a plus. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, it's Why? been a hectic year for school. Right. But, um. Do you think that, beca- like, it may be harder for you to maintain when you have a lot of other things in your life because you climb at such a high level as a sport climber? And the the expectation to stay climbing at that high level is there, and so it's hard to... Yeah, and I think that's what I had a hard time stepping mm-hmm. up to this year, is I know exactly what it takes to climb mm-hmm. as hard as I want to climb, mm-hmm. and it, I didn't have it. Yeah, right. I didn't have the time or, mm-hmm. honestly, the motivation to mm-hmm. get there. And I like I told you guys earlier, I struggled and struggled with it, and I've had many a breakdowns of being worried about it, but... in in the end, it's climbing supposed to be the thing I love, and it is the thing I love. So, I don't understand why I'm getting so distraught about maybe not climbing. So, there's the answer to your question. It's like it's really hard. <laughs> right. It's hard to, to have climbing in your life. Right. But the years that it when works, you... it works so seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The years that like I'm on, I'm just so psyched, and it's such a relief from my day to day grind of school, mm-hmm. and it's just a different outlet. And this year, I don't know, maybe the day-to-day grind of school's been, I was telling you, it's been one of the harder years yeah, I've had yet, yeah. and it's not feeling like an outlet, it's just feeling like another thing I have to do. So I'm going to give it a little bit of a rest. Although I climbed the Colorado Monument, my first tower. You did a desert tower. See, that's just the thing. Now, <laughs> th- this is a great segue, because you know both you guys and myself, I'm in this group as well, where... There's a certain level of achievement we expect out of our climbing, mm-hmm. and all of us, I think, probably have always been worried about whether or not you know that's so important that we don't even like climbing below right. this certain expectation. You know, are we these soulless, like grade chaser kind of people? Mm-hmm. You know, not so much for you, Jim, but like Michael and I are I getting. I think absolutely for me. Well, oh, I'm grade just chasing. <laughs> all I'm saying is that like Michael and I are getting a little older, so mm-hmm. we're sort of. You know, faced with trying that, to you know. not go gently into that good night, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to rage, yeah. rage against the dying of the light, and so it's like I, I actually do kind of worry. Like, will I dig climbing in ten years when when I'm I'm off the back or whatever? Can, let me let me say one more thing about that because I never answered the question, which is what I've been climbing on. Oh. And the last great trad climb I did, which actually wasn't that recently, it was a couple months ago, was a. F- Five pitch, five nine, and it might be the most fun I've ever had on a rock climb. What was that? Uh, the Frigidaire Buttress in uh, Las Vegas. Oh, okay. And I was with five people, and we were like, <laughs> <laughs> "That sounds horrible." <laughs> no, it was really fun. Like, all the ledges are giant. We it was just like this party at every ledge, and uh, it took us a really long time. But it was a beautiful. It's like three dimensional hiking, um, mm-hmm. and 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 you you end up on these big terraces that look out over Las Vegas and they're really flat and then there'll be a beautiful pitch of 5.8 above that and so I think there is hope for the aging climber who once you know could only be respectable if they were climbing 5.12 okay I, I really do alright I don't know we climbed that tower last weekend and I will tell you I'm not a tower climber mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to face that and Andrew would say this is like the easier pitch or blah 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 and it's like 5.8 so it's right. not a hard pitch but when you had to like, it's kind of scurry and 
slip around and wiggle through things. I was just like, oh, this is like awful. <laughs> and then we get to the crux, the crux of this 5.8 where there's like these pockets that were oh, drilled right. in. And I got a little bit steep and I was like, this is so much easier. Like, <laughs> But, isn't it but do they have whole towers like that? That are actually have holds on them? Oh, yeah. Because that would be interesting to me. Because <laughs> whatever we were doing was not... It's a lot more crack climbing, I'm afraid. So, yeah. so. You, you went to Indian oh, yeah. Creek this year, too. I went to Indian Creek yeah, so this, this year. this has been a great year for you. Just I different horizons, different things. I would say that things. the Indian Creek experience was exactly great. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's just the thing. is you, you probably still have this, like, this expectation of how hard you ought to climb. Wouldn't oh, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't. Right. <laughs> Let me read this. Uh, we're going to do a listener mail. Okay. Okay, because this is this totally fits. Um, there's a couple from this guy. Um, I think uh, I'm not going to say last names. Uh, this is from Bob, I believe. Um, mm. this, my notes are kind of messed up. But anyway, it says, I'm an inter- <clears throat> Excuse me. I am interested in your view on grade chasing. Recently, on some of my past few climbing trips, I've noticed that there are people who want to only climb 512 and up. Anyone in the room? <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with wanting to climb harder and pro- project on something, but I've noticed that these people seem to think that all climbs are like that because they red pointed one twelve C and they should be able to breeze through a twelve A or eleven plus or whatever. Then they seem to get discouraged because they can't do it. I'm only twenty, so this guy's like not some crusty old guy, which mm-hmm. is usually who you hear this stuff from. <laughs> I'm only 20 and I've been climbing for a little over a year now, but this is typical attitude in climbing. Are these people blinded by some sort of ego trip to see the different intricacies of these routes? There's, this is something that's been bugging me a lot lately. So, I mean, isn't that like kind of this huge thing in climbing, like this balance, this thing that, I don't know. I, oh, I, uh, I think that, I think it's really hard when you climb predominantly in a place like Rifle mm-hmm. where I n- know exactly how hard those climbs should feel. Sure. And at that grade, and then you go out and you get on something that shouldn't be hard and you get your tail handed to you. Mm-hmm. Very discouraging. But I don't know if it's because of the grade or if it's because... I have an idea of how my body should perform and it's not. Well, what about – I think the big question really in that is what about when you go somewhere new? I wouldn't go somewhere new and get on something hard for me. That's, I don't understand that entirely. I like climbing on things I could maybe succeed on quickly and having a ton of fun and doing a bunch of routes. So is the question whether it's fair – to climb only a certain grade, I think. I'm I think the sure question. I, I don't know if there's awesome. like. I think the issue is just that same issue of like, if you if you seem like this person that only wants to climb these grades and or hard, mm-hmm. you know, is that sort of like depicting you as some sort of egomaniac that doesn't mm-hmm. understand understand climbing? And and one thing I just said there that actually made me made me kind of stop was that. Climbing hard and chasing grades, are they the same thing or is mm-hmm. it is it kind of two different things? I think this is a classic example of an and. Like, this is not an or. Okay. I think that both realities are true. I think that, like Jen was saying, climbing at your at the level you know your body is capable, once you've sort of tasted that honey and, and <laughs> you, you know what it feels like mm-hmm. to be at your most fit and what it feels like to move on rock at that level, you kind of don't ever want to go back because it's so yeah it's it's an, an incredible feeling but i also think that there's something to the egomaniac part of it like i know that grades have mattered to me and i know that they've mattered to me for the wrong reasons and i i can't imagine that there's anyone out there who hasn't experienced that a little bit right so uh, can't there be two oh i totally agree realities i've definitely had my ego mm-hmm. get in the way and had to fully face that and you know, step away from a rock climb that mm-hmm. I thought I should have been able to do easy and couldn't. Mm-hmm. And it almost ruined me. Mm-hmm. But on the same token, I wouldn't buy a plane <laughs> ticket to like, I wouldn't fly to Seyus and go climb 5.9. Right. Like I would never But would you go to Red Rocks and climb 5.9? Maybe. <laughs> Would you go to Otto's route and climb 5.9? Climb 5.8 there. <laughs> yeah. and I had a really good time. All right. But 
Well, I, I just think if yeah. you're going to put this investment in, for me, the harder roots are, are tend to be more interesting, more fun, mm-hmm. better quality mm-hmm. rock. Mm-hmm. I think I guess to answer the question or whatever is that I think that we all climb in different ways at different times. And so, yeah, if you ran into me on the on, on you know a certain day on rifle, I'm trying to climb a grade, and I might throw a little fit because I didn't. You know, mm-hmm. on on the next day, I don't care. I'm just trying to do a bunch of roots, and then I go to the desert, and I don't care. And then I go to the desert, and I do care. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I don't think um, the one thing is that like. There's not just one way to do it, and I think most climbers have, you know, these different times when they're in different modes. But I still go back to this, like, somehow climbing hard for you, and and this is something that Andrew and Mm -hmm. I talked about, was, like, climbing hard, whatever it means, okay, is really satisfying. Mm -hmm. Whether, again, whether that's 5'10 or 5'11, depending on who you are, but what you just said of of being at your fittest that you've ever been mm-hmm. and moving over rock and climbing moves that that whatever you know of your past a month ago, two months ago, a year ago, you couldn't do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just great. And, and sport climbing tends to bring it out in us, but I remember feeling that way in Joshua Tree, mm-hmm. you know, climbing cracks. Like I wanted to climb harder cracks and I wanted them to feel good. And, you know, so it's like – they're 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 combined, but they're not exactly the same thing of chasing grades versus climbing hard. Because I think of chasing grades sometimes like, oh, that's you an know that's that's that an grade, easy for I'm that grade, that. so I'm going to do it. Like yeah. that seems a little no. bit you know suspect, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, you know, it's like uh, in my mind, I'm trying to contrast two hypothetical situations. Yeah, like what if you're at climbing something that's your hardest red point ever. And you're not moving well, and it's really hard, and you struggle, and you're you're shaking, and everything, and you get through it. That's satisfying in one way. And what if you haven't been climbing in a year, and you get off the couch and you go do some trad climb, and you're terrified, and you're trying to wiggle a nut in, and it may only be five nine or whatever, but you succeed. And there's a similarity to those two situations, and that you are at your sort of maximum. Is one more fulfilling than the other? Yeah, but you see, that's you're actually. But they're onto both something. the same. No, you're not. They're not because if it was a five nine and you feel like you should have been able to climb it easily, the experience actually might be negative for you, even though but like I the think circumstances. The, the true are kind Zen of master same. would would actually be, get the same enjoyment out of that. Sure, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like we're yeah. not that right. person. Yes, and I think I think the, the embedded in this question is that that Zen master is the ideal. Uh-huh. Like that you should go out and sort of right. enjoy it no matter what yeah. and not worry about And if that's the case, you should be able to go like pick up, I don't know, the sport of squash or something that you've never played and be able to go struggle with it and get the same kind of enjoyment. Like right. it really actually shouldn't – climbing isn't the the only experience that offers that. Right. So I guess we've got a long ways to go. Yeah. But that's it's weird because I am actually working on a squash podcast. Oh. <laughs> so. I was thinking about it like if I was going to go out and yeah, I haven't been climbing for a year. But what would be more enjoyable to get on something that's going to be challenging and I might have to struggle on a little bit and quite honestly will get my brain to be quiet, which is what I love the most about climbing hard mm-hmm. or to yeah. go out and climb things that are not difficult, not challenging and just do a bunch of mileage and for me personally, that's never been very enjoyable uh-huh. because I can't get the same. When I'm trying so hard that my brain shuts up, I love that. That uh-huh. is why I like climbing hard. Uh-huh. Right. But when I'm not having to really try that hard, my brain's wandering everywhere. I'm not in the moment uh-huh. and I don't get that same feeling. So it's not uh-huh. as interesting. I don't know uh-huh. if that's a great thing or, or what, but. Well, that's a really interesting way to put it. That for me personally, quiet brain. what I love about climbing is uh-huh. it's one of the only times in my everyday or week that my brain shuts up uh-huh. and is just focused in the moment. You mean and your I brain isn't shut up when you're teaching kindergarten? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a thousand decisions a minute. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave that one. I think that's, that's I think a we topic. we did a great job. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good job, everybody. But I think it's a topic. I mean, it goes on and on and on. We've talked about it on the show before. Um, you know, being go ahead, being suspicious of your, you know, of your motives in in a sport where so much of it just depends on your kind of personal yeah. choice yep. about how you climb things or style. You know, like the beginning of the show is mm-hmm. like, yeah, we shall continue with style. Mm-hmm. It's important 
to re-examine those motives, I think. You I know? Totally and it's been a huge that. part of climbing literature and, mm-hmm. and everything else. I mean, it's all a game that we've just agreed on the rules, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so. Or made them up as we go. Uh, I'm going to read another one. This one actually doesn't really have an issue, and I just dig it. And um, <laughs> I was going back through emails looking for these things, and uh, I emailed this guy back when I got it. Most of these I have, actually. Um, sorry, probably hear all that noise in there. Um, and then when I found this again a couple days ago, I emailed him to see if he's, like, doing okay, but I haven't heard back from him. So oh, if you're out there, Tyler, let me know what's going on, bro. So I'm just going to read this one. I don't think there's an issue to talk about. I've just recently found your podcast, and I'm incredibly thankful for it. My first taste of climbing was with a friend from Boulder who took me to El Dorado Canyon. Ever since then, I've been stoked on climbing and can't get enough. I got incredibly busy with school and moving to a new city, and so, unfortunately, I ended up not climbing for a while. This last year, I began climbing regularly with a friend, and life turned out much, much better. I graduated high school, so this is all going on in high school, which I'm jealous. Uh, I wish I'd discovered climbing in high school. Mm-hmm. I graduated high school, and I'm now on a year-long youth exchange in Slovakia. When I return, I will go on to college and hopefully live a full life of climbing. Here in Martin, Slovakia, there is only one place to climb. It's a small bouldering wall that's about 15 feet high and 35 feet long. I swear one of these days it's going to collapse. The wall <laughs> the wall pulls outward when you grab a hold and creaks and groans with every weight shift. Yesterday I had both hands. I was on spin and lay me flat on my ass. This place is dingy and really sketchy, but it allows me to climb during the stupidly cold winter here. So it's better than nothing. I can't boulder for my life. Never have been able to. And for those days where the janky overhanging wall kicks my ass, I'm thankful for having your podcast to listen to and get me stoked again. The Enormacast also keeps me entertained at school here, which is completely in Slovak. Slovak is stupidly hard and makes literally no grammatical sense to me. (laughs) I have no clue what my teachers are saying when they're teaching. So my education this year is coming straight from the climbing world and the Enormo. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, keep doing what you're doing if... And if you think you want a few Enormacast stickers plastered throughout Slovakia, send them my way. I never did get a, a address from him. Anyway, thanks for the motivation, the entertainment. And then there's some like crazy ass word with a bunch of umlauts and things on it, <laughs> Tyler. So anyway, Tyler, dude, if you're out there, get in touch with me, man. I'm worried about you. This was from last winter. Mm. So so his only experience for, with climbing over there is on a is on a. Artificial climbing wall. Artificial, like, sounds like an out, maybe outside or something, and it, like, creaks and groans and is going to fall over on him. So, I mean, I looked up Slovakia because I didn't know. Do you guys know where Slovakia is? Sounds like it's got to be in Eastern Europe or something. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's in the Balkans. It's, like, right next Mm to, uh, I think, Slovenia. Yeah. I remember, right? Oh, I thought it was Slovenia, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know it was different. It's one of those those Slavic countries there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's he's in a zone. I mean, Europe's Europe. You can get mm-hmm. places. So hopefully mm-hmm. he got out and went climbing. Train. Um, but, I, you know, when I emailed him back, I was, I, I was like, the one thing I did say is that there has to be, like, some miniature, like, just rabid little group of climbers that live there. Because mm-hmm. in these places where there's nothing to climb, that's where you get, like, the super fanatic, like, freaks Mm-hmm. You know, that have like climbing magazines that they can't read, mm-hmm. but they look mm-hmm. at the pictures and they're plastered on the wall and there's like some dingy training center and like, mm-hmm. because they're probably I, driving 12 hours every weekend to some awesome crag and they're like mm-hmm. doing it after a 50 hour work week. Yeah. Or they've got some people. like scrubby, super over polished wall with like six roots on it that they just like hammer on. And there's like a 14 D like drilled pocket right. route. That's right. like, and if we tried to climb the easiest thing on it, we would film. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's been drilled to the exact yeah. specifications as action direct. Right. Just there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, Tyler, if you're out there, buddy, give us a call. It, his story reminds me of my, my uncle, who he lives in West Texas, and uh, there is that exact population of climbers right. who drive like for a day of climbing. They'll mm-hmm. do six hours of driving, and they have they go to a bouldering area called No Trees because <laughs> it's in West Texas and there's no trees and it's one boulder amidst <laughs> all these you know po- ja- no trees jacks and yeah. It, so yeah, he's not alone. Dude, all the people from Chicago driving eleven plus hours every weekend to the Red. Getting in mm-hmm. like middle of the night, Friday night, climbing all day, Saturday, all Sunday, going all the way home Sunday night, every weekend, 
Canada. There's people from Toronto driving yeah, down let's every raise our weekend. Let's glass to the, the effort yeah. being put out yes. to, to rock get climb. there. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Climbing all around us. I need some more wine. Glug, 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 glug. I'll do the sound effect. All right. Moving on. Can I tell you a quick, quick story that you can edit of out course, if you need man. to? So one experience that my West Texas uncle had is he got called into this like church group or something because they had a problem with their climbing wall and they knew he was a climber and he thought they could fix it or he, they thought he could fix it. So he goes in and he sees their climbing wall and he says, yeah, every time someone climbs on it, they, they grab a hold and the hold falls off. Oh. <laughs> so this is the setup is a climbing wall with um, a, a seat that's been pulled out of a Suburban lying on the floor with the seatbelts and the Blair's. Uh, strap themselves into the to the seat belts, and then belay on top rope. All the T nuts have been put in on the opposite side of the wall, so every single hole that you pull on comes out. You mean they the, put the T nuts in backwards, the like are the, on the wrong, wrong side. side of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing holding the holding the holds on is. It's like the so, grabbing of the yeah, it just falls better. out. It's better because every time they fall, there's all this slack in the rope because like the seat, the, the suburban seat is way back, and then the suburban seat gets tugged towards the wall every single time. Where is it? I don't understand the seat. Why they don't have harness? Is this instead of a harness? Because they think that the blair needs to be somehow oh. strapped to the ground, right, so they're right, sitting the in the suburban anchor. seat with a seatbelt. So I just thought that was one of the best stories I've ever heard, and I can just see all those holds flying out. <laughs> Well, how they put and it back up every it, time? And he's like, yeah, I see your problem. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the wall around. Exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know why it's not working. <laughs> did he help them? Did they fix it? I assume they did. Right. David's a real helpful person. He right. probably turned all the T-nuts around mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys are, don't get under, quite understand how this is supposed to work. <laughs> I have a I have another one, um, and this is uh, this seems like a really easy answer, but uh, it may not be. So um, I have a question. I have a question for your listener mail. See, he actually solicited listener mail, mm-hmm. so you made it, Mike. I have a question for your listener mail, or maybe you can just tell me what the hell does a free ascent mean anyway? What are the rules exactly? Does it mean you have to red point every pitch, no falling or resting, or do you just have to do the moves free? I don't know anything about multi-pitch. This is all you guys. Well, On I mean, a sport I, route, you can't wait the rope. I, I don't claim to be an expert, but I think or what he's saying is if you do a move and then hang and then do another move and then hang, is that a valid ascent? And we would all say, no, that's not a valid ascent. No kind. way, no way. Right? I right. Mean, yeah, you know, you have to, under anybody's rules I know of, you have to get from the one anchor to the next okay. without hanging on the rope. Okay. Or pulling on gear. Ascent. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's like for one pitch climb. You got to leave the ground and get to the anchor without hanging on the rope, pulling on gear under your own power. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, leading it. Yeah. Okay, so that's a free ascent. Now, what about on these multi-pitch routes? Now, Jen, you claim, you can you can you can put in, but like, all right, lo- <clears throat> let me just put this out there. Okay. There was a time, right, when, you know, guys would get on a route and swap leads. Okay, one person would lead, then second it, and then the second would lead the next pitch, and the next guy would... Piano and Skinner. Piano and Skinner, okay. Um, Although those guys, I think, didn't one of them jug it? I don't know. All right, whatever. So, but that seems to have gone a little bit by the wayside in the past, or in, in the kind of modern era, era. Like, let's talk about El Cap. Like, the Hubers brought in this era where the one person has to lead the whole thing, right? That seems to be the new standard, too. Right. Me. I mean, like, Tommy doesn't claim a free ascent until he himself has led all the pitches. Right. Right? I don't know. In I one mean, he, push? I think we need to get Tommy on the show because he is the. It's a great time. He's injured. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I know. I think but about wait, Tommy in one push? all the time. Ground to top. See, you have I to lead them all on that. See, that's what I'm talking about. Push? This isn't yeah. that simple that's, of an answer yes. when it comes to multi-pitch climbing. Yes. I thought I think just it's gotten... one member of the team. I don't climb multi-pitch, so this is my layman's understanding, that one member of the team had to climb each pitch free without waiting the rope, but it didn't matter which one. 
Okay. So I think that's, that's what I had I think that's an older era of, of climbing. I think the standard has changed. But now both have to? Well, I think that it's, it's less about team ascents nowadays, uh-huh. and it's, more, it's become more a, a measure of an individual's right. ascent. You know, like UG leads every pitch, right. and somebody jugs along with them and belays yeah. him. Or yeah. whatever. Oh, that job sucks. Yeah. Well, he's got a whole. He's got minions. It works <laughs> out for him. So, what would Hayden say? Hayden would. He's old school, though. You can't. Hayden would say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You to you both gotta, lead the pitches somehow. You have, to start, <laughs> <laughs> you have to start at the ground and go to the top. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting. Uh, the reason I uh, it, because historically this whole thing has changed quite a bit. You know, because I was just talking to Russ Clune, and he, you know, he was free climbing in an era where the yo-yo ascent was still valid, which was where mm-hmm. if you climbed, right. let's say the route is 100 feet long, you climbed to 60 feet and fell, you would lower to the ground, the next dude would climb on the top rope to the 60-foot mark, he might go another 10 feet, fall, come to the ground, next guy climbs to there, goes, and if they... Eventually, one guy got to basically top rope the whole route and clip the chains. That was good. That was, that was a free Was before they ascent. figured out how to say take? Yeah. No, oh. no, that was, no. <laughs> that was like right when hangdogging wasn't even allowed. So, I mean, you know, Mike here has a point because it's it's a little bit like amorphous mm-hmm. as to what it mm-hmm. all means anymore. Well, when Scotty Brooks did what he claimed to be the second free ascent of the nose, right? didn't he get really criticized for – his style of ascent and some people claimed that it wasn't because he had like climbed various parts of the route on different trips and um, on different, you know. And also he, there was uh, at least one or two pitches he that he didn't lead. Yeah. Yeah. He top rope. But I don't think that yeah. Scotty ever like made some big claim of like, mm-hmm. this was like, yeah, right. You know, the second ascent. Right. right. You know, he, it was, no. he, he, he was willing to admit the caveat mm-hmm. that it mm-hmm. was like, Mm-hmm. These two things didn't get quite get done. Yeah. Wait, know? what if you fall on the third pitch and you come down and you you don't have to go to the ground, do you? Can you just pull the rope and try the third I pitch again? I think that's considered valid these yeah, days. That's, that's what all those guys on El Cap are doing. Right. Yeah. So you yeah. just have to do each pitch from the ground to the top without waiting the rope. Right. And if you fall, you can on pull lead. the rope. Yeah, on lead. And you can pull the rope and try it again. And I think you can stay up as long as you want. You could be up there for a month doing that. Right. And that's cool. Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> oh, okay. That's totally cool. Actually, because that's happened. I think when Steph did the the Salate headwall, Steph Davis, when she did mm-hmm. the Salate headwall, I think mm-hmm. she was up there for quite a long time mm-hmm. before she finally did did the free the mm-hmm. free version of that pitch, or of those two pitches, whatever it happens to be. That's so, my style. I like that. That's what I would do. Okay. And, and I guess that's like when you say that's my style, that reminds us all that like <laughs> this is a subjective deal. Yeah, but there has to be some standard. You just have to do 10 I red mean, points without touching the ground for the again. the people who care about the some standard, right? Yeah. I like, suppose. I mean, one thing I've noticed too on, on a completely different note, or not completely, but related, is the is the the sort of uh, conflation of the, the flash versus the, the true onsite. Mm-hmm. Like there was a time not that long ago – Within within a decade, where an on-site meant that you had no clue about anything on the route, and in fact, the, the Frenchies to get the avu, right. they you were the ones back, they yeah. would belay with their backs turned mm-hmm. because they didn't. The, what you weren't allowed to watch your buddy mm-hmm. climb it if mm-hmm. you wanted to do the true on-site. You couldn't watch him and but, get movement. Wait, could you? Did, could the draws be hanging, or is that in the a old pink old days? Point? No, because that was a pink point. Mm-hmm. But then that oh. got that was the first thing to go. Yeah, it's was gone. the pink point, I think. But the flash, I think, is gone as well. No, I think the flash I mean, is not all there the flash. is. The on-site. Yeah. On-site, yeah. sight unseen, you know nothing. If you belayed your friend, you can't on-site it. I'm I think sorry. You, I think I agree with you, but I don't think that... I think that on-sites are frequently... Re- well, flashes are frequently re- reported, reported as on Or reported as on-sites. That's because people are liars. It's not- well, it could be because they're liars, <laughs> and it also could be because our sport has evolved to a, uh, to a higher level. Where we're like, ah, does it really matter? You we could just it call on it your first, first try. try. Good for but you. But is it first try or right. first try French? First, yeah. <laughs> we need a French. Because that's a whole show. other issue. Right. And so <laughs> one more quick question. <laughs> so it's like we're on this subject. If you say that you – let's say you, 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 you try a route, you fall. Okay, so now you're red pointing. 
Okay. Uh And so the second time you try it, you fall like 10 times, but it's considered one try because you just tied in once. Oh, yeah. That's one try. Okay. Right. Could take two hours, whatever. Right. right. Okay. Right. Because and you could lower back to the six inch mark. Yeah, and still and be on right. one try. Try it again, and it would still be one. <laughs> That's try. why I'm going with my my particular theory on this multi pitch thing. Okay. You just have to do. Right. All the red points without touching per- the ground. I think that again. is pretty standard on these hard, our hard routes now. Is that mm-hmm. somebody red points the pitches, all of them, but they can try them multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yep. And mm-hmm. I think I don't know. Like I've gotten kind of lost paying attention to what what Tommy and those guys are up to, but I believe that's kind of his goal, right? Is that someday he leaves the ground, and maybe in a multi-day effort, he does all the pitches. Well, they haven't. I mean, all I, the pitches not, haven't gone free right. yet, but, but I think all, that's, have all the moves gone free. Yeah, I think so. But I think that isn't that seem like that's his goal eventually. Not I can't, necessarily. I can't speculate on his right. goal, but it does seem like that is the coolest, purest way to right. climb the route. And I think we would all be rooting for him to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, wait, no. The that... purest way would be to leave the ground and get to the top and never right okay. wait the rope. Right, but that's too late. It's too late for that. No, no, in one push. Oh, in one push, mm-hmm. so you never fell. No one all. ever fell. That's what I thought it meant at first. Right. When I first mm-hmm. heard about it, and then Andrew told me I was very wrong. Well, mm-hmm. it's funny because you and I tried the Moonlight Buttress together. Mm-hmm. Rob and I tried the Moonlight Buttress together. Mm-hmm. And that, I can't remember what our malfunction was that we didn't, didn't free it. But with Rob, I distinctly remember that in my mind, I couldn't fall at all. So even though I fell, if I fell on a pitch, and this was quite a while ago, but oh, right. to me, I was yeah. done. I'd yeah. blown it. I yeah. couldn't, it never occurred to me to just be like, oh, let me do oh, this pitch again. again. You had yeah. to red point the whole thing. Without That's falling. True. Yeah. You yeah. know? No, you're right. That is a that is a different frame of mind. To, and I think very few people actually have that. Well, I don't the, eat anymore. The spot. I was yeah. like thinking about it. I'm like, why didn't yeah, I just, because exactly. it was like, I fell on the like, the one of the last pitches well, you fell yeah on the boulder problem actually the, well, the with jump you. problem yeah. yeah yeah and that would be something that you could clearly come down and try again right yeah. and so it's like and I was like now I'm thinking like why didn't I just come yeah. down and free it yeah. so I don't have to go back well the fact that that thought crossed your mind right. means you're closer than I am because right. that thought never even crossed my <laughs> mind I was <laughs> like I climbed the moonlight buttress in any shape way or yeah. form that was pretty cool all right. Well, that didn't really answer his question, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's we food did. for thought. Yeah. So, um, I think he. I think that it's one of those things where, like, you know, in your heart of hearts, <laughs> when you haven't uh-huh. read it. It's like when you kind of do a dyno and the rope <laughs> sort of catches the swing just <laughs> yeah. a little bit, yeah. and you know, yeah. oh, you know, yeah, but you kind of want to keep going, but mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't count. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read this one, even though I have to do a little background on it, um, because I want to revisit this as long as you're here, Jen. Uh-oh. Um, is, uh, this is from Jess. She's uh, a UK climber. and um, Wait, University of Kentucky, or, or she lives in England? <laughs> she lives in England. Okay. <laughs> I think. Although, I actually... I'm I, I'm actually not that clear on what the UK is. It's the United Kingdom. I know what it stands for. I think but... it's all... <laughs> Who's I'm not going to even say anything because Ireland's it. not in it. Oh, don't even. I I offer no. I teach help kindergarten. Here. <laughs> you says ah. Uh. Okay, I got that down. I know Ireland's not in it because, and England, I knew that, but Britain, I accidentally United said Kingdom. something about it to, in an email to an Irish listener, and he gave me a hard time about it. But I actually knew it. I just slipped up. But they're because they're, they're like they're they were and then they 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 got independence. Right? Well, if you feel <laughs> bad sisters. about it, we could just ask somebody who lives in the UK to yeah. name all fifty states, and then right. we'll feel like okay. Oh, no, I don't feel bad about it at all. I just like I don't bit. really feel yeah. bad that I don't know where the hell Slovakia <laughs> yeah. is either. It's like do you know where Nebraska is, guy from Slovakia. I don't think so. All right, <laughs> probably anyway, does, probably do. So this just was like a this is one she dashed off obviously because she didn't even use uh, capitals here. So it says, so I was gnashing my teeth over what a minefield it is climbing with guys. And my friend sent me a link to episode 12. Nice program. And episode 12 was the episode with Grayson and Tracy about, uh, called Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon, about uh, Tracy's own or Grayson's own problems with this. Although Tracy had had them in the past It was as a well. very controversial episode, if I remember correctly. <laughs> 
I wish. It was sort of controversial. <laughs> I think Andrew and I got in a fight about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say this. When I when we put that episode out, you're right. It was it was a little bit controversial because I, I actually did get quite a few emails. Some were like, there's no way that stuff happened to her. And then there was other girls who were like, oh, my God, that same kind of crap has happened to me. Is this outrageous, this idea that women are embattled in the climbing world by dudes? Uh, no. 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 I've had many a very, very interesting experiences at the hands of being in a male-dominated sport. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's outrageous The at hands all. specifically? Huh? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I Oh, my gosh. I've had so many weird things. And I think almost... Okay. So one of the first climbing trips I ever went on with a guy, because who else are you going to go on a climbing trip with? And I lived in Florida. So there were all of like six climbers. <laughs> I forgot you're from There's Florida. There's one girl and a bunch of guys. And on this trip, the guy just didn't bring a tent. <laughs> just didn't bring a tent. Sure. And we of course get there, not. Yeah, it's raining. It's pouring rain. Slipping on my, he used to sleep in my tent, which I found to be a little of an awkward situation. And uh, I spent a lot of time worrying that he was going to accidentally or purposefully touch me in the night so much so that I slept in the front seat of my car the whole trip. And you gave uh, him the tent? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but on the other hand, I met my husband climbing. Uh-huh. And at first it was kind of like, I, I wouldn't have thought that that's how that was going to end. So, Where know. did you guys meet? Well, we have very differing stories on that exact hmm. question. Andrew insists that I put a orange tic-tac into his mouth while he was belaying. And thus I was hitting on him. Where? At the arsenal. Uh- <laughs> that's what he did says. Well, there, you no, have no recollection of no that. There's no way I did that. There is simply no way I did that. You should tell Andrew that when he revisits a memory, often it changes the yeah. memory. Oh yeah. Except for the thing is, the only thing is, it wasn't orange Tic Tac, and I do kind of like orange Tic Tacs. <laughs> so that part makes it seem a little more plausible. But I don't think it happened the way he said it. Hmm. I remember meeting at a climbing party at Danny and Wendy's house hmm. on this very infamous Fourth of July. Hmm. That got a little out of control. And hmm. that that's my story. But I've had a lot of weird guy situations rock climbing where it's a little ambiguous Man, I take to them granted. what's going on. You what? I take it I just you I don't, don't have think to about, about that. that very often. Yeah. I know. It sucks for you. Well, I don't worry about it anymore. Yeah. So it helps to be married and like Well, I think it helps to be established in a community. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, I'm not going to go, yeah. gonna go <laughs> climb with you and like, oh, hey, man. <laughs> and Chris asked me to go climbing. So I heard uh, Andrew's out in Australia. <laughs> I'm not worried about Hayden's intentions when he calls right. up for a climbing partner, you know? That, that's a big part of it, you're right. It's the being established. Well, yeah. when I first yeah. started climbing in the red, I didn't know people and you weren't established. And then after you've been in a community for a long time, it it stops, it stops yeah. happening. So is that the context of the, the person who wrote that to you? Are they sort of a... A beginning climber in a in a community. Where no, they're... I think it it, it because I actually ended up corresponding with her a little bit, mm-hmm. and she's a she climbs mostly, or at least from what I gather from the emails, in a bouldering gym, mm. and so it's more of a oh, gym man. thing. And that's yeah. like because because yeah. she actually said in hers, um, you, oh yeah, it says you know something about her frustrations in the boulder gym. Mm-hmm. And when I first wrote her back, I actually wrote her back because I thought she meant that she was climbing in Boulder. Mm. But it was a bouldering. Yeah. Yes. But but as soon as she mm. said that, you know, I pictured the spot or freaking the cock rub or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, of course. Like just, it's like the worst. You it's know, it's awful. just like it's like a full on singles like yeah. meeting up hangout, you know. And, Especially and, if it's in a college town or something. Yeah. But then it's even worse. Then she got back to me and was like, Yeah, I didn't I'm not in Boulder. Um, or I figured it out, but then she explained, you know, basically mm-hmm. like, um, I think I have it. Here, you know, I actually. think it's a tricky, it's just a really tricky thing and it kind of forces you to be a little more upfront mm-hmm. and I don't know, maybe even sometimes kind of bitchy than you really are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, I always worry that people are going to think I was like a bitchy person, but really you just want to go rock climbing and not have to worry about getting hit on mm-hmm. or having this assumption that that 
meant something other than just going rock climbing. Okay. Well, here, I've got her response back, actually. She clarifies. It says, I'm really new to bouldering. I started this year, and I totally love it. And the guys I meet aren't usually jerks in the, hey, little lady, let me show you how to tie your knot kind of way. <laughs> that's good, because so that maybe happens, that, too. So maybe that's a, just a difference between bouldering and climbing? Question mark? Don't know. It's not that I mind the flirtation. It's generally all fun, and no one has yet gone in for the snog unexpectedly. Poor Grayson. <laughs> and that was her reference to Grayson's uh, some guy making the move while she was still tied into a top rope. <laughs> for me, it's been more navigating the difference between, between saying that you're going for a climb and agreeing to go for a climb with someone. To me, there's a clear difference between the two, especially when it's bouldering rather than climbing where you need a partner. Sure, I'm going to be in the gym. But that's not me promising myself to anyone. Although, yeah, flip side, I totally have to ask a dude to climb with me when it's and it's been a full full on flirt. However, that did make the crucial differentiation between are you climbing tonight and would you like to climb with me tonight? A simple mm-hmm. but important distinction to me. It's mm-hmm. mm. a very good point. Man, just a few little words. Yeah. All oh. right. So, Michael Logan. And I'll, I'll I'll put my piece in here too. So mm-hmm. you're on the other side of this, mm-hmm. okay? You're the guy. Mm-hmm. So are you guilty of this? Have you been guilty of this prior to being married? <laughs> prior family to being man. married, family man to a woman that you love and will be with for all time. No, I've been in other scenarios, non climbing situations. Like I went skiing with this woman who I thought I was going on a date with, but I. I, I, <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it was like I was the one who was the victim here, not the the perpetrator. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because she's like, yeah, let's go skiing. And I have a place we can stay in Telluride. We went, we stayed in the place in Telluride, and it was her boyfriend's place. And <laughs> I thought we were on a date. Um, so I, that's I, no. bullshit. <laughs> on her You're part. not the only person I've heard a very <laughs> yeah, similar that, story yeah. from. You've yeah. got to make that shit clear. That's not fair. Uh, okay. Well, anyway. it, it's my fault in the end. But no, I have. I don't think I have been on the end of the of the uh, of the like. Hey, do you want me to show you how to tie that knot? I I have not done that. Um, but maybe others would disagree. I don't know. Maybe I'm being naive, but I don't think so. Well, the thing I'd say from my perspective is that. You know, and I listen to uh, the mm-hmm. Savage Love podcast with Dan Savage, and he's famous for for sort of repeating this line that, like, you know, because people call in like these these relationships go bad, and he's like, yeah, every relationship goes bad until one doesn't, right? Because you have mm-hmm. to go through these ones that go bad, and so it's like, I kind of like think like, you know, there's all these w- unwanted advances, but then there's the one that that you did want because. Mm-hmm. I've been on both sides of it where, mm-hmm. you know, I was climbing with someone who I was sort of interested in and they weren't interested in me, mm-hmm. you know, or I've been on things where it's like, you know, there is this sort of mutual attraction because mm-hmm. most of us climbers end up, a lot of us want to end up with a climber or we think we do anyway. And so, I mean, it's just kind of like, it's easy to want to believe that like none of those sort of politics are going on, but I think they're there there actually are going on a lot of times you know right. and yeah everybody oversteps their bounds and i think guys are the are worse at it but you know i mean guys are guys like we got to like i mean we're sort of attracted to everything I well mean, was there not like i'm trying to think of a sport that's like equitable with men and women it's like tennis or something right it's not like that there's a lot more guys than girls and if you completely turn yourself off to all of those advances then I don't find Andrew when well, he, you know less. when he comes along. Like it's kind of just a sort of a part of it. Yeah, maybe that's exactly the problem. It's like and then just get more of it because you're a girl, and so <laughs> women have to deal with it. And men are like, oh, they're totally just every take time they anyone see that it, comes along. <laughs> yeah, they're they're psyched. They, yeah. yeah, and I think like you know in in my lifetime with climbing that's shifted quite a bit, but it's mm-hmm. still I mean outrageously mm-hmm. outnumbered. Mm-hmm. You know so. I, I would like to say ah, it's just like everywhere else in life, but I think it's still so lopsided in the guy world. You know, well, it probably is just like everywhere else in life, except for instead of the targets being spread out amongst a lot of people, there's not a lot of women. So all the mm-hmm. target, you know, it's right. Instead of it's being spread out amongst a hundred people, mm-hmm. it's there's only twenty. Right. And now you're going to get more of it than you would normally see. Yeah. And it can get annoying, but it would be interesting to see if you went into an urban gym. 
what the ratio would be. Because I bet that in an urban gym, there might be more women than men. And I wonder mm-hmm. if it changes the dynamic in there. I don't know modern-wise, but it definitely, like when I worked in a gym quite a long time ago. It was still. It was more, still, more yes. Guys. But, you know, yeah. the thing is, is that, and Jess kind of gets at this in this email, like she understands that that's sort of part of the dynamic. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, because it's young people. If If it's a gym in an urban setting, then... I mean, what are people from the ages of 20 to 30 doing? They're out trying to meet people, Mm -hmm. you know? So this is just another Mm -hmm. way. And like, you know, I've often said like, it's it's kind of an interesting way to meet people because A, you get to see them physically. And let's let's face it, we're a good looking bunch, us climbers. I was going (laughs) to say just that. You know? (laughs) (laughs) At least we're fit. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, I mean, true. in terms of it's specimens of the, of, of the, the, the sort of cross section. I mean, it's not like going to the hot springs. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the Bay of Pigs. <laughs> yeah, so it's the like. The water park. You know, and, and to watch people doing something physically and, but then also like, you know, it's like you get, you get to, to see someone demonstrate some competence at something like. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's like right. it, it it tells you so much more about a person than, let's say, going on a date. It enhances the possibility right. for attraction. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. You well, know? And then also... there's sports bras and yeah. there's guys with their shirts yeah. off and, yeah. you know, like okay. Verve shorts. Like, yeah. God bless Verve shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, when well, I worked but, in when I worked in the gym in LA, you loved Verve shorts. I I would like because my job was to like walk around the gym and like <laughs> just you know keep an eye on things on a busy night, like look for knots being tied right and belang mm-hmm. being done right. But mm-hmm. you know I would think shorts being worn right. Christian Griffith, I would at the end of the night I would like light up a little incense <laughs> and let it burn into the night for for Christian Griffith because he every year like he thought his shorts were short. <laughs> And then next year he'd make them shorter, and you were like, "They the can't get any shorter, Christian Griffin." And yeah. yet here he would come up with some new and two toned. Yeah. So, well, the anyway. other thing I think the other point is yes, you get to see people performing a physical feat, mm. trying hard, all of that. But like we said before, climbing take it's so consuming of time mm-hmm. that you want to find somebody who can share Support that time that, with totally. you. And understand that time. Sure. So, yeah, guys are looking for girls who climb because now you don't have your, you yeah, know, someone nagging at you every yeah. time you want to go out. Plus, frankly, it's the only girls they end up talking to because they're spending all their time climbing. Exactly. It's not like part of the week they're running around, you know, well, going and, out or doing anything else. And don't so. you want to be with someone who shares a passion with you, whatever yeah. that is? Yeah. And climbing is so time consuming. Why not? If you can swing it. Share that passion. So have we decided that it's just the sad reality? It's kind of just a sad reality. I don't even think it's that sad. Mm-hmm. And I think, it's like probably I said, not in, that in, sad. in Jess's follow-up, it doesn't seem quite as annoying. Mm-hmm. She's as annoyed. I think my only advice is, yeah, it's a little annoying, but if you just turn it, you know, if you just never allow any advances, then yeah, you just that, be that one time clear. that it's maybe wanted, mm-hmm. you're going to miss it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's not what I thought you were going to say. I get it now. Well, you just like, you know, maybe if if you just shut yourself off to the right. every guy's just thinking he's going to sleep with me. Right. These guys are such scum. Mm-hmm. If you just think like that, then you're going to, you know, you're probably single too, or maybe you're not, and then mm-hmm. then you can advertise that just fine. But mm-hmm. you just miss out on someone's going to come along at some point that maybe you didn't want to shut out. Mm-hmm. Let me say this, and then we'll close this thing. One thing is I, you know, Jess was sort of implying like these guys think they're on a date, not necessarily all the way to sleeping with her. Although I guess it's kind of the same thing, admittedly, <laughs> from a guy's point of view. Anyway, the the thing I'm going to say is that from a girl's standpoint, is that you can you can actually like without being mean or crass or over the top, like you can actually get it out there. Especially like your situation where you went and and stayed at this boyfriend's thing, Mm -hmm. okay? Like if you have a boyfriend, okay, or a girlfriend and you're a dude, like it's pretty easy Or if you have a girlfriend and you're a girl or boyfriend and you're a guy, all fine. We're very, yeah, (laughs) open to that. 
is that you can get that into the conversation really early. First paragraph. And and if you yeah, do not totally, and I've been on this 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 side of things. If you do not, if I'm hanging out with you for quite a while, and I've never heard of this boyfriend until the last second. You're right, foul, foul. There. There, there's either you aren't that stoked on this boyfriend or maybe uh-huh. in, in my case, but way back when I was a guide, basically you're using me because I'm going to take you up these climbs. You're trying to get something out of yeah. it. And so at that point, you know, all bets are off nope. and you can't get offended at anything that, uh-huh. that, because we've been climbing for a couple of days and I never heard about this guy. Like it's pretty easy to get it in there. And so, you know, like. If if it does bother you, mm-hmm. like advertise it right away. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not you know? that difficult. Although most guys you know? will will hear the word boyfriend and they'll they'll still try. <laughs> but that's a but whole at least thing. it's at out least, there. Right. At, at least, least you're not there. leading like, it yeah, on well, that guy. <laughs> because you can't be offended if you've led someone to believe something that's not true. Right. You know. Oh, let's go on this trip and we'll do all this stuff. It's going to be great. And then right when it's getting to that point, oh, by the way, I have a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I think that with like, even though this is probably the same in all pursuits, whether men and women get together, there's the sexual politics, but I can't help but feeling that the, that climbing maybe isn't the most intense, but it intensifies it over the workplace or anything else because of this physical thing, because of the trips. Because you're staying in the same tent or you know, like, same campground. To go away for a weekend to climb is a really common thing. And that's the one when I'm saying, like, get it mm-hmm. out there that you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Because that's the one I always hear. Or like, mm-hmm. arrange sleeping arrangements up From the front. get-go. Yeah. I've got yeah, my yeah, tent. Yeah. Do you, you know, have yeah. your tent? Did yeah. you bring I your will, tent? I will, I'm sure, get emails about this because <laughs> a lot of climber guys and girls have been in this situation where – you know, it's one thing to to say, "Hey, do you want to climb tonight in the gym?" It's quite another to go on a weekend a trip, overnight totally. trip. And I know plenty of climbers that have been in this situation of like, "Well, what does this mean?" You know, mm. we're going to go up to blah blah blah, or or the other one is that some boyfriend is like, "What do you mean you're going on a trip you mean with you're that going dude?" A trip with that dude, exactly. Yeah, or like vice what? Versa. Because the guy knows what he would be thinking. So he's like, <laughs> "Wait a minute." But, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. those situations in climbing are a little different than no, like, I, normal that's life. That's interesting. We, t- as climbers, tend to think that we're really special. And we tend to think that our sport is more special than others. And I'm wondering if that's true. Like, yeah, what if basketball is just like this? Yeah, what, what if, what, yeah, what CrossFit if golfers competitions. are. <laughs> Dude, I mean, no. who knows? People do not go to Europe for a month to golf. They Unless might. They might. Like, they very well and they're might. like, yeah, I got this whole trip plan. I'm going to like. But what about surfers? Okay. What about See, surfers? Surf- no, surfing is really similar. There's I, no doubt about I, this that. This is the next episode. It is? Is, is climbing tell me what special? Is climbing special? You Dude, can't it's say not it's special. not special and have a normal cast. Yeah, exactly. It's not <laughs> more that special than uh, squash. Than, than squash. <laughs> I, I, I know this is sort of leading us astray, but I'm curious. I'm, I'm in a total agreement, Jen, that surfing is the closest parallel mm-hmm. because of the travel the lack uh, of clothing you know the, the destination the, well the dedication um, to the lifestyle of like give everything else up and be mm-hmm. poor and mm-hmm. everything else that's different <laughs> but, but i'm, I'm, I'm saying i'm, an, I'm, I'm saying that like yeah it is it, i don't know if it's special and the whatever that word implies mm-hmm. but I I've made i mean this show is all about the fact that it's it's it, different like mm-hmm. i said you don't my dad who's a golfer has never been like, you know, sweet. I got the month off. I'm going to be like, I'm going to go to Scotland and golf there. And then I'm like, I'm going to road trip down to like, there's this, this course I heard about in Southern England. Like it's supposed to be rad. Like got the worst like sand traps. And then, you know, it's like, that like doesn't happen. It's a little bit true. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be awesome. Be. <laughs> An awesome. I'd watch that movie. I think it's, about like okay. a couple dudes like dirt bagging around no, England climbing, playing golf, and then surfing, and then it's like sightseeing. That's next. If it's so special, then how come we get to experience it? Like that just seems so unfair. Case in point, we're special. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We are special. No, I mean, uh, like I, I say this all the time. There's an elitism to it, and we've chosen to do this at the sacrifice of a bunch of different things in our yeah, lives. That's actually the 
and you talked about that at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that now you're you're realizing this balance. But like, you know, it's painful. It's difficult. We mostly fail, especially sport climbing. Mostly mm-hmm. always fail. You know, bouldering, whatever. So, I mean, I, I, we're special, man. That's just all I got to say about it. I would agree. Hopefully some non-climber out there hears this podcast and goes and, and tries it out for the first time. and sees Yeah, the light. I got plenty of that. I get really? plenty of that. Yeah, yeah for That's sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So, all right. I'm just crowding up our cliffs. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is completely a joke. Do you have any it's more true. letters for us? No, that's it. That's it? Yeah. Well, it's, People, we've been doing you got to mail hour, us in some letters. Hour and 12 <laughs> minutes, dude. Okay. So we got to wrap it fun. up. This is fun. Yeah, we could just stay here. There's some wine left. <laughs> there is wine left. You want to go pack? For, I'm going to Bishop tomorrow. So you're going climbing tomorrow. Wait, wait, the wait. wait. Comes up. What's going on? Well, I'm going to the American Alpine Club Crag and Classic. Okay, this is for what I weekend? know about it. I am supposed to be on a plane at 8.40 a.m. Friday morning in Denver. Oh, okay. Cool. And I thought then, you meant tomorrow. No, goodness. Tomorrow. And yeah. then I don't know if we're camping. I don't actually know. What's going on? Mm. That's why my phone's been Andrew's blowing up. Deal? No, he's not going. It's just me. Oh, really? And then we're going to be in Bishop, and then I'm going to come home on Monday. So I've been writing sub plans like oh, crazy shit. lady for the last few days. Yeah. So you're going to miss Friday, Monday. Friday, Monday. You- it's going to be super fun, and I hope I get to climb. Sub-plans but I will suck so poor at it. of climbing. Sub plans? They're just as special. They're not as special. <laughs> no, no, I, I mean, they're, like, there's no other job on the planet. It requires you to write a detailed list of instructions for a stranger to come in and do your job. No, it requires it. an eight hours to get someone to teach for six hours. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you know they're going to do a poor job at it. Like, not any fault of their own. It's just, how would you do it? So, how would you just walk into a kindergarten room and just do it? Like, so back to And so the climbers sprayed on into the night. The street sounds in the background. And the wine was delicious please remember that if you'd like to get in touch with the normal cast for any reason including trying to get a letter on to the next listener mail episode you can email chris at enormalcast.com that is all we have for you tonight so as you snuggle down into perhaps that unwanted bivy or perhaps with that unwanted tent mate don't forget to make sure and understand those sleeping arrangements ahead of time. And don't forget to check your knot. Hey, do you like golf, Mr. Kramer? Yeah. Mr. Kramer, I've been uh, reading some of your material here. I got to be honest with you. You make a pretty strong case. I mean, just imagine an army of men in wool pants running through the neighborhood handing out pottery catalogs door to door. Well, it's my job. And I'm pretty damn serious about it. <laughs>